Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, March the 18th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we come to the end of year C, the third Sunday of Lent. And on the Friday of the week, the last day of the week, we'd like to take a look at the gospel text that uh, lands in this week in the Revised Common Lectionary, in this week in the church calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the Gospel of Luke, and we're actually going backwards in chapter 13. We're going to do verses 1 through 9 today. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Now there were some present on that occasion who told him about the Galileans whose, Pilate, uh, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. He answered them, Do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered these things? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all will perish as well. Those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who live in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all will perish as well. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the worker who tended the vineyard, For three years now I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and each time I inspect it, I find none. Cut it down. Why should it continue to deplete the soil? The worker answered him, Sir, leave it alone this year too, until I dig around it and put fertilizer on it. Then if it bears fruit next year, very well, but if not, you can cut it down. This is a word of God for us. One of the books I enjoyed reading from Roger Olson, who's one of my favorite authors, particularly on the topic of Christian theology, he says he's got questions for all your answers. And I, was, I thought that was an interesting turn of the phrase because it's true. Whenever we uh, land at some sort of uh, answer to a very complicated problem, um, there tends to be a, a begging of more questions, right? And so I think this is an occasion where Jesus has to deal with that. And, he, and I think he muddies the water a little bit in order to get his disciples, his crowd's attention in order for them to continue to think about their faith. He talks about a couple different uh, scenarios, and he says, there's this one occasion where some Galileans, maybe they were making a protest to Pilate in Jerusalem, and in order to like make an example of them, he Pilate like cut them down, and he mixed their blood with the blood of the sacrifices at the temple, which is a desecration and a profaning of the sacrifice, by the way. And uh, Jesus says that, you know, anybody who dies uh, or anybody who has a setback, um, is this is you know is that the reason why this happened to them did they do something to deserve this he said in the same way there was a tower that fell in the town of Siloam and it killed x amount of people uh, was it because that they had committed grievous sins or maybe their parents did that they this is how they're supposed to uh, arrive at their at their death is to have a tower fall upon them but Jesus is trying to prove a point he's like no like uh, you know, these things happen uh, you know wicked Rulers attack people who are relatively innocent or completely innocent. And um, accidents happen like a disaster, like a tower falling upon people. This doesn't mean that uh, somehow the, the math of one's life equaled this happening to them in order for them to meet their end. So Jesus says, you need to maybe put away some of this arithmetic that you're trying to create here. 
Each of you need to repent. Each of you need to change your mind. You need to come back and to graces with God and to follow him. Because it's really be, what Jesus says is if people don't repent, that's when they meet uh, their end and their destruction. Right? And so then he uh, mentions this interesting parable about a fig tree in the middle of a vineyard uh, owner's garden. And it's every year, three years, he says, I've come to this tree and it's bore no fruit. He wants him to cut it down. But his hired hand uh, says, actually, we could one more season. I'll dig a trench around it. I'll put fertilizer all over it. Like, we'll, we'll take out all the stops, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. This thing, if it doesn't grow anything after this season, then we know that it's destined and bound not to bear any fruit. But he's got to love, like, this call for patience here, right? I'm, I'm going to do some extra work, the hired worker says. I'm going to put fertilizer on it. Now, this is a, a time when they didn't have, like, nice fertilizer made in, like, some laboratory factory. Like, fertilizer was just a bunch of excrement from animals. And so he's like, I'm going to get my hands dirty here. I'm going to get as much fertilizer, in air quotes, as possible. I'm going to put it all over the trunk. Like, we're just going to saturate this. We're going to dig a trench around it. So any water that runs down, it's going to run to the base of this tree. It's going to have all of the opportunity to bear fruit. Then if it doesn't, after all the, that this has been done, then we know that it's destined not to, to bear any fruit. You got to believe that Jesus was somehow speaking in some sort of a shadowy saying here about uh, the world around him, this world that he loved, the world that, that God created, that it wasn't bearing fruit, that it seemed to be obstinate and stubborn against you know, being obedient to the way of God. And, and people would say, you know, this world has had its, had its chances, like all these years, all this time, all these interventions, and it still turns away from you. You got this merciful call from God. It says, no, like, there's still time. There's still different things we can do. And what we see at Easter is the Good Friday and Easter, is God going the extra mile, God digging the trench, God putting the fertilizer on the tree, because this guy's like, no, as long as there's other opportunities, then there's still time left, that there's still opportunity in order to make something out of nothing here. I don't know how you find yourself, how you meet this day. You might be humming along, things are going well. Uh, reviews, re- review at work, great. Report card from school, awesome. Uh, people, they, you text them, they text you back, right? And uh, things seem to be bouncing your way, okay? And uh, there might be some of us who when we meet this day and we are quite aware of our brokenness. We're quite aware of how we do not measure up. We think to ourselves, man, what is all this life worth? And what am I making of it? And am I just taking up space? And um, is it ever going to get better? And um, am I going to find clarity in order to go forward? Or am I ever going to reach a place where the spiritual life, this, it's a whole lot. There's like fruit yields more easily than it does right now. What you have to hear and what I have to hear is good news this morning is that this God is willing to dig a trench, to keep on working, to keep on giving chances because ultimately he believes that there's still more that can be done. And I hope that that good news meets your soul and my soul this morning and it causes us to dig deeper, causes us to, to take the next faithful step forward, to continue to study, to continue to pray, continue to act, continue to meet, continue to work on the thing that we gave ourselves to so that we can see the fruit that will thrill our heart and that will bear witness to God, um, particularly during this season of Lent, as we get closer and closer to Easter. This is what God did. He took upon sin and shame on a cross because he didn't want to give up on the world. He doesn't want to give up on us. So with that mind, with that good news, let's turn our attention to God this morning and offer our, our prayers to him, and allow our souls to rise up to meet him. Let's pray together this morning.
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice in who you are today. We thank you that you're the benevolent God. We meet that God in the midst of the study of the scripture, the meditation of the scripture this morning. Uh, The God who wanders into the mess of why uh, things happen to people, uh, either through accident or through hardship. The God who uh, says that uh, through it all, what's important for us, for all of humanity, is to hear your voice and to follow you. And so, God, we choose to follow you today. We choose to follow you because of your love for us, the love that's everlasting, and that warms our heart this morning. The everlasting love of God continues to work on us, even when we've gone through seasons where we've been barren, where we have not embraced and have been um, and have been open to your call in our life. How you continue to pursue us, how you continue uh, to woo us by your love, and so God, there's a piece of us today that needs to be one again. Uh, maybe it's. Uh, the way in which we treat our resources, we treat people in our life. Maybe we're harboring some unforgiveness and some bitterness. or Perhaps it's a way that we show preference towards one people over another. Whatever it may be, whatever is out of alignment with the new world that you are creating, we do pray that uh, with your work in our lives and with our openness and with our own intention of um, embracing different changes in our life, that we would see fruit that we would see your nearness, that we would experience your presence fresh and new, that we'd have a renewal in our soul because of your great love for us. So God, here we are. Our hearts are open. Our minds are open. We pray that you would teach us and lead us today. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.